feel like bitterness in marriage is one of those things that can kind of pile on over time. You don't realize it. And then all of a sudden, when you do realize it, it's maybe too far gone <laughs> and, and, and you need to deal with it in a much more kind of visceral way. Yes. Right. So it's, it's important as husbands and wives that we are kind of constantly tending, tending to the gardens of our marriage mm-hmm. and uprooting to use that analogy, bitterness. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're going to talk about Paul, how he, he talked to the church about uprooting, you know, getting rid of a root of bitterness. Anyway, I think this is a helpful topic and a good reminder, whether your marriage is in a really healthy spot or if you're in a spot where you're struggling, I think looking at the idea of bitterness from a biblical standpoint will serve us well. And so with that said, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Oh, yeah. They're always really good at that. You know what? You're my favorite wife. (laughs) Of all the wives. (laughs) Not funny. (laughs) Not funny. All right. At least not today. (laughs) We... Not today. This has been a crazy couple of... It's a crazy couple couple of days. days. Whenever we sit down to write our next book, it's like all hell breaks loose around us with like random things. Like you have a root canal that got infected. Yeah, that's... That was like from years ago. Gnarly and it was... And so painful. I I couldn't even function You couldn't talk and then like our car breaks down and like all these just things that never go wrong when we're not writing a book. Yeah, well, I feel like uh, we... Book writing season is crazy. So pray for us. Yes. And in fact, we actually reached out. I, I... So Wednesday, I wrote a post. It was out of desperation, to be honest. I wrote a post for our Patreon supporters. Mm, Good segue. Yeah. I wrote a post and I was like, you know what, guys, just please just pray (laughs) because life sucks right now. And we have, there's work to be done and and God, it's not just our ambition. We feel like God is calling us to this work. Well, it's obvious because everything's breaking down around us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was in just physical pain and kind of emotional turmoil because we're not able, writing this book is proving very um, problematic just from a life functioning standpoint, right? We have a really incredible outline I feel really good about. The topic and the subject matter, I feel like, is very important for yes. our, our generation and where we're at today in culture and marriage. Mm-hmm. But just getting those words into a format that's readable, <laughs> it's very hard. Uh, and so anyway. Well, getting our fingers to the keys. Like sometimes it's like we sit down to do this and just things are pulling away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so here we are. We actually, it's, it's a Monday. Our, this, this episode is releasing in like tomorrow, t- 12 hours. <laughs> Because so, we tried to do it Thursday on our regular day, but your tooth was all crazy. You could barely talk. Like well, you were in so much pain. So this is like putting putting where your money where your mouth is. I think, and not to talk about the tooth thing, but <laughs> because we had an option, we were like, hey, we can either go have some quality time and reconnect, and we were feeling disconnected, and we yeah. could go have some a lunch together, and or we can record the podcast. And I was like. Let's just, let's go connect. We'll figure out the podcast thing. <laughs> well, I had already written all the outline and the notes and stuff. And so we kind of did it, but it was just at that, that pinch of time of like, we either make this decision or that decision mm. and you were oh. not feeling great or clear in your head. I mean, the pain was just like taking you over. So yeah, well, I'm happy to say that the pain is gone because the, the antibiotics have kicked in, <laughs> but this, I think pain is still to come. 
<laughs> when they dig in there and they start doing so their thing. So please just keep praying yeah. for us. Yeah. Praying for us. But mm. other than that, we're doing all right. But you were talking about <laughs> Patreon. Why don't you segue yeah. into that there? Yeah. So Patreon is how listeners like you can support this podcast and all the insanity that it entails for us. <laughs> um, and we've been so blessed by the community. We've got, I think, about 175 patrons, about, about that many. Nice. And... Man, you guys are really making a difference in our lives and mm-hmm. the people that are reached by this podcast. If you want to be a part of this, we would love to have you. We're actually giving away to the next 25 people that sign up at the $5 a month level. We'll give you a pair of devotionals for free. We'll send those to you. You have to pay shipping, but uh, then you can be a part of all the conversations that happen there. And, and we'll talk about how we're, we've uh, been bouncing ideas off that community mm-hmm. for, for some time now. Uh, we'll talk about how the book is process is unfolding it's just kind of an inside peek and you get to be part of the mission of fierce marriage which is to point couples to christ and commission marriages for the gospel so patreon.com slash fierce marriage is how you can be a part of this podcast yeah and if you haven't already please take some time to uh leave a review um and also rate this podcast on whatever podcast platform you use but that really goes a long way for us it Mm -hmm. goes a long way for other people who are curious and doesn't take that long to do. And all questions can be directed to... Ryan. Fierce, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. com slash podcast. And you can call in. There's a number there, 971-333-1120. Is that mm-hmm. it? Okay. Yeah. 971-333-1120. You can call or text that number. Or you can... There's a form at that URL, com slash podcast, where you can click a button and submit a question that way. The other reason why we're recording this podcast today is that last week we interviewed the Beth Keys on That's Wednesday, right. and then Thursday we were interviewed and also interviewed them, the Warrior Poet Society. So Mr. Poet, <laughs> John, yeah. and then Mrs. Poet. Yeah. So there was a lot of talking and interviews that had already happened, That's and by the time was. we got to our podcast, we're like... We can't talk about marriage anymore. We're just blah. Like, we're just blank. So both of those episodes were really fun to record. They're great. The Warrior Poet Society one is going to be interesting to see how that hits our audience because... It's different. It's very different. It's very different. And it's not... It's marriage. We get around to marriage, but it takes a little while to get there because it's... The premise of what a warrior poet is is such a big thing. Right. So anyway. And you get to see kind of the friendship of Ryan and John over the years, which is, is always interesting and fun. Um, but the Bethke interview was really great. It was so great to talk to um, Jeff and Alyssa and just hear their heart behind um, family teams and what that means and how just the vocabulary they use in their, yeah. their marriage They're and brilliant stuff. Brilliant people. So, yeah. Very, so very so smart. grateful to have had them yeah. on the podcast. So anyways, moving on. Okay. So today we're talking about uh, uprooting bitterness mm-hmm. in your marriage. Now, so, the, the trick is that sometimes you don't realize that it's even there, Right. We're at, it's springtime right now. There are weeds in my lawn that I know are going to come. They're not there yet, but I know that I they're know. there. There's a, There's a root there somewhere. Well, Della's always picking those yellow dandelions. <laughs> she, goes, I, she, she goes, I know daddy doesn't like these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a lawn. No, I'm, I'm no. Not, like, I don't have, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it can't be ugly. It has to be somewhere between perfect and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be presentable. I feel like that's most people. <laughs> You're talking about totally like unique in that. A... <laughs> oh man! So anyway, I know that there's roots in there that that I can't get at because yeah. I, I because I just don't have the tools or, and I don't want to put that many chemicals down. And and that's a, it's similar in in marriage. A mm. lot of times there could be a seed of bitterness somewhere and we don't know it's there, mm. or there's a root that hasn't quite 
poked its head up above the surface yet and it hasn't created any conflict but maybe there's a root of bitterness developing there so i think the key is is knowing that that's problematic that there's a tendency as married people who are also sinners mm-hmm. right it's a tendency for us to have these roots that are harmful that grow in our marriage not bitterness but also other things as well specifically we're talking about bitterness today and what mm-hmm. that is so well and i think bitterness really comes from being so familiar with each other that we Mm. begin to just kind of pick at each other in our minds, probably, at least for me, you know, you, I'm a very like, you do this, I do that. It's gotta be even. Mm. And that's not a great approach to marriage ever. (laughs) So in my mind, you know, there's a lot of thoughts that might be swirling around up there of bitterness, you know, and things that can take root in my heart. Well, you don't do this or you don't do that. Or you said you do this, but you didn't. And so there's, there's just, um, these go ahead i will have an example okay you're good with examples. i took the i took our daughters to the beach uh um, yeah. for the night right which is not normal you had a bunch of stuff you were doing and i was like you know what i'll just take them for an adventure mm-hmm. my parents have a, a little like little place out there and they we blew up an air mattress and <laughs> stayed on the floor <laughs> and like with their, the your, girls. their cousin was there and it was yeah. just some special times yeah and it's about a two hour drive so i took them and it was great it was all fun and dandy and i got to go for a long walk on the beach by myself which is like that's where I meet God. <laughs> and it was really, really fun. And then the next morning, it was just like an atom bomb went off in my life in terms of the the girls were just, they, they nobody slept well. I slept probably two hours because they're just, that's just life, right? You're in a different place and they're young kids. Anyway, so it would have been really easy for a root of bitterness to, to be like, well, Selena is sleeping so well by yourself. And I wasn't though. I wasn't. I oh, sleeping whatever. in an empty house. You slept great. I did not. I did not. You know this. I did not. <laughs> I slept maybe four hours. You just, you just bonbons and like yeah, right. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, right. I'm like keeping all the lights on, letting the dog stay out with me because I'm like, what if somebody tries to break in my house? <laughs> I'm just picturing Tacoma is a scary place like that. People stay away. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So it's in those moments when you're like, well, they're doing this and I'm doing this. Yeah. Like that, or and that that can look so many different ways yeah. in every scenario in marriage depending on your personality, depending on your stage in life. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, a husband is leaving every day to go to work while a wife is staying at home every day with the kids and mm-hmm. she feels like he's not helping or vice versa, that those roles could be switched. Right. Um, anyway, there's countless examples. Well, and it's really, you know, even talking with Jeff and Alyssa, it's like, what is your vocabulary around those things? And how are you, you know, in our minds, maybe we're dividing this up and we're not like, really understanding the depth of what's happening, right? When, when moms are raising children, like that's some eternal work that's happening that doesn't feel eternal. It doesn't feel grand and amazing. It feels not that, but, um, so I guess I just really want to get into defining like what is a root of bitterness. Hmm. And there was this article by John Piper, which we'll put the link in the notes, but, um, he just said, you know, he's obviously so much more brilliant than, than I am. Um, he says, therefore, a, a root of bitterness is a person or a doctrine in the church which encourages people to act presumptuously and treat salvation mm. as an automatic thing that does not require a life of vigilance in the fight of faith and the pursuit of holiness. Such a person or a doctrine defiles many and can lead to the experience of Esau who played fast and loose with his inheritance and could not repent in the end and find life. Mm. Um, and there's a bunch of different verses that he continues to go through and will kind of divulge as well. Um, but I think this whole theme of, of like living loosely and acting presumptuously and lacking vigilance within so our marriage. So it's like a harmful familiarity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, treating the things of God very loosely under this assumption that, you know, we're, 
we're in this covenant, so, you know, whatever. Like, it was just this yeah. whole, which is yeah. everything that we speak against, right? We're always talking about living intentionally, living in the light and transparently. But I think that bitterness creeps in a lot more subtly than some of the other things. Well, you, you, so our conversation right before we hit record here rings a bell on on this front and that you were talking about, so our pastor preached, I wasn't there, but you were there. Our pastor, Rob, he, he talked about the cup of wrath that Jesus uh, in the garden of Gethsemane was, you know, talking mm-hmm. about and um, that take this cup from me type of deal and what that cup of wrath actually represented, what that was. And, and then you said at one point you were reading an article or you heard in Job about how at any, at any moment, it's like we we're so quick to be so familiar with God mm. and just so flippant with our prayers to God. And the mm. fact that this is, this is the God of the universe. I think of in Job, he said, where were you? Mm-hmm. when X, Y, and Z, like when I, when I did things that only God can mm-hmm. do, where were you? How dare you ask me and and question me? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's... And I read somewhere what you were getting at, what I read somewhere that or heard this morning was that like at, at any point, the God we serve could literally just take the breath out of every person humanity's lungs. And, and just, just, a, just a snap. A just snap, a, a moment. Yeah. And we would all be gone. Like that is... That is how powerful he is. And I mean, he's the one that makes the waves stop, right? We, we get so familiar with who he is and what mm. he's done that we begin not, we, we forget, right? We forget. And so we stop operating and living within the vigilance and mm. and not this, this like ob- obligatory vigilance, but this joyful um, yeah. overflow of remembering like the wrath of God and what we do deserve looking at that darkness, I think brings the, makes the light even that much brighter and helps oh, me understand that's the full his love. Yeah. Yes. But so for so long, I feel like we just focus on the love of God, which it is great to yeah. learn and know. But when I know exactly yeah. like what I'm saved from, my heart is just, it, my faith just goes deeper. Mm. Right. I think of, sorry, just to think on that moment, on that thought of, questioning and being too familiar with God and how that creates a root of bitterness. And I think of that song by ghost ship. That's called where were you? If you haven't heard that song, definitely look it up ASAP. There's some good stuff on YouTube. There's also, it's on Spotify, but it's called where were you? It's by ghost ship. And the final part of it, the whole mid middle verse of it, it's three verses and the whole middle verse is God responding to basically this, like this questioning of, of his goodness. And the last part of the middle verse is, are you able to hunt, do, do you hunt the prey for young lions? Do are you, Can you loose the strings of Orion? Is the whole world bending beneath your will? Mm. And like, I just love that picture of the, chills. the whole world bending beneath God's will. Like he, it is by his mercy that we exist, that we live and breathe and move. Mm-hmm. And our atoms don't just fold in on themselves. The very atoms mm. that, that make us up. And the smallest pieces. And so in the same way, okay, let's bring this back around to marriage in the same way, like the covenantal character of God as reflected in the covenant of marriage is a very, very serious thing Mm -hmm. in the most beautiful, scary way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we're we're so quick to take it lightly Mm -hmm. and the the call to love each other as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge call. It's mm-hmm. a huge call and to, and to respond to each other with the same Christ-like love that we are given in mm-hmm. him. Well, and it's, it's, a, it's his plan, right? It was his design. 
for furthering humanity mm. like we talked about with the beth keys it was it wasn't yeah. god's just like second idea of oh yeah just go create families like that was his commission to mm. adam and eve like go well commission <laughs> there's the great commission and then there's like the first like marriage mission uh, like, marriage mission just humanity yes being commissioned into, yes. into the cause of humanity go, right? yeah multiply subdue the earth all of those things and it was through family and through marriage that he he made this this commission for couples to embark yeah. on. And so I think that's just, it just brings a lot of value and texture to understanding and, uh, and that, valuing again, the marriage covenant. That's good. And going back to what John Piper said about it's a, so the root of bitterness. So he's, he's referring to Hebrews twelve fifteen. We haven't said this. Hebrews twelve fifteen is, is the author is saying, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no quote unquote root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. Mm -hmm. So John Piper's addressing that that mm -hmm. passage specifically and he says it's a person or a doctrine in the church which encourages people to act presumptuously. So now you, you to make those to draw those lines between, you know, we're called there's a relation there's a, a correlation or at least a reflection mm -hmm. of Christ in the church in the marriage covenant, right? And how we love each other. We're reflecting God's image in that way through the marriage covenant. And so when a person or a doctrine comes in, so there's these thoughts, these beliefs, mm -hmm. these underlying beliefs that are wrong in us, or there's even just the actions or the just the person themselves in mm -hmm. the sense that like if I'm not a loving husband or I am con like constantly mm -hmm. Uh, per perpetuating this idea of the 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 lack of marriage's sanctity mm. or the lack of seriousness in our covenant and how I flippantly love you mm -hmm. or flippantly steward our 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 friendship even or steward our children mm -hmm. and steward our our resources so there's a lot of and so what happens then is it becomes it becomes defiled mm -hmm. it, it 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 we lose our sense of vigilance and like he said in the fight of faith and the pursuit of holiness right well and we do just what so the article goes into divul like exegeting Deuteronomy 29:18 through 19 which um I'll read through really quickly but this is so this is God before we go just starting setting the stage God's renewing his covenant with the Israelites in Moab so this is after their exodus from Egypt and he's reminding mm. and warning them about the former idol former idols and gods that uh, the Egyptians had and the other nations, like as, as the Israelites were exiting Egypt, like they would see other nations apparently, and they would see their idols. They would, they knew of all these mm. other nations. And so God is reminding them, like he's renewing his covenant with them. And he's, re he's warning them about the things that they mm. should not serve about who they should serve and why. And this actually talks about the exact like root of bitterness. It says, uh, again, Deuteronomy twenty nine eighteen. 18, um, beware lest there be among you a man or a woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away from the Lord, our God, to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. One who, when he hears the word of his, of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart saying, I shall be safe though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. Mm. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. So seeing... God is, is saying, we're renewing this covenant, but mm. I'm going to warn you. If you do, if you engage in these things, if you decide to live and walk in the stubbornness of your own heart and not hear what I'm, I've said to you in the new covenant and what Jesus has done, like reminding you who I am, I am your God. 
don't don't let these other gods sway you don't let these don't become so familiar you know with me that gold idols and lack of reverence and vigilance mm. lead you away i think one of the i mean i just want to it's all very very powerful and it's super convicting because i agree uh i've been i've been thinking and reading and listening to a lot of thought around deconstructionism and individualistic society right and so like like what how in the west that we we've bought into this individualistic deconstruction of like any authority in our lives mm. right so i think about okay uh we're no longer attached to place like we used to be right uh the the industrial revolution created this this um different mode of working and thinking about family life Mm-hmm. Right. So the family institution has been deconstructed in a sense that it's 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 no longer a badge of it's it's actually we homeschool our kids and we feel a lot of shame around that <laughs> because people judge you. Mm-hmm. And in reality, like in every other instance of history up until about 100 years ago, that was how people existed. And it has been and the how way they were people have flourished. Yeah. Not I'm not saying that public school is is whatever. I don't don't read into it. <laughs> but I'm saying that that we feel this sense of like that has been completely deconstructed. The church, if you think about millenn- the whole crisis of millennials leaving the church, mm-hmm. that's, you know, uh, Pew Research data, uh, you know, reinforces all this and Barna and all these guys. They say that, you know, millennials are not going back to church because they think, you know, it's the, the institution itself. But then mm-hmm. now they're going back to churches that actually cost them something. So like seeker friendly churches are really struggling, but Orthodox churches are flourishing because they're it's a different sort of attitude anyway there's the our very idea of gender has be con- been construct deconstructed our very identity of sex or identity <laughs> identity or what is it our um our idea of sexuality has been deconstructed how dare you question like what's true for you versus what's true for me type of thing mm-hmm. and so all of this stuff is playing into this attitude that causes us and marriage as, and family being deconstructed. We mm-hmm. think we think so lightly of these things. Well, and I feel like that's what he's talking about in Deuteronomy. He's saying, "Beware, lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit." Right. Like, beware, lest there be among you a man or a woman or a clan or a tribe right. whose heart is turning away from the Lord. Like, these are the things that are planting those roots of bitterness, which are going to produce fruit mm. that is going to be contrary to what God has designed and purposed for us. Hmm. So one clear example of this, just to... Sorry, I'm feeling very preachy today. I love it. I'm a little on fire. I love it. Better be careful. Well, it's been a weird... I'm I'm on this tension right now. I'm I'm sure people can hear. I'm to pause this podcast and kiss you for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um. (laughs) It's not that kind of tension. It's like (laughs) internal in the mind. (laughs) So, yeah, I think one of the clearest uh, outworkings of this is in human sexuality, namely around lust and pornography mm. and how that's infiltrated marriage. A good friend of mine said, we need to stop treating pornography like an ant at the, at the picnic or like a fly at the picnic mm-hmm. and start treating it like for what it is. And that's a viper in the bedroom, right? So it is deadly. It is Poisonous. predatory. Yeah. It's not just this nuance that's in, in interrupting our good time. Right. It's poisonous and it's predatory, you know, and it's, it's wanting, it'll kill us. Yeah. And so pornography is a result of this sense of uh, a lack of reverence for sexuality for mm. other people. Right? It's an objectification mm. of another person. 
Mm. It's the sense that sex is completely transactional and just for my own pleasure and no other reason than that. Mm. And so you have these husbands and wives, both, that are entrenched in an attitudes and addictions that are rooted in this lightness of God's design. Mm. And you don't value his design because you don't see his his glory. You don't see his authority. You don't fear his wrath. Right. And I think that's what, that's what Piper's getting. Walking kid, in root the of, stubbornness of my heart. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so all these behaviors, right, that, that address these issues are the, or that, that we want to address head on are really just symptoms of this mm-hmm. underlying belief and this lack and this root of bitterness because of a lack of vigilance or uh, a sense of the great. We've lost a sense of true the true grace of God is what right, I'm trying to say. Right. There's just that familiarity and that pride and that lack of humility of understanding. I feel like especially in the westernized culture, we are so quick to put ourselves up on this mm. platform and we are so presumptuous about ourselves and how great we are. And we don't operate in the humility and love that God has called us to because it seems beneath us or something like, mm. I don't know. This is just me. This uh, is just I'm me right now. Friends. I am, me. I am just <laughs> talking to myself and the wall here, but I feel very like passionate about it. All. Oh, it's so good. And it, it, it does infiltrate. I mean, you think of any area of, of purpose in your life or right. any area of any sort of weight in your life. Think about your finances mm. and how we, we we have a light view of these things and so of God's purposes. So our finances reflect that and that we, I mean, we live in a consumer culture, a throwaway culture. Mm-hmm. We live in all these. And so stewardship is not the front of mind. Consumerism is the front of mind. And so we are making, we make purchases not based on stewardship. In fact, so when we draw. <laughs> okay. I'm us specifically. Well, well we are guilty that, of yeah, this. Yeah, we're guilty of like, it, but it's a tendency in, a, yes. in, in most families. Right, so Sorry, I just want to preach here. I don't want to be on the receiving end. Yeah. Of okay, so I, but I'll be <laughs> on the kidding. receiving end because I'm just kidding. I took the girls out to to this town called Westport. We go through a little small town called Aberdeen, which is where Kurt Cobain was from. Just FYI, I was a, <laughs> I was a grunge kid, so Nirvana, not a role model, but I like their music. <laughs> don't email me up because of that. <laughs> I don't listen to that much, people. But we drive through Aberdeen. There's there's a McDonald's there. I'm thinking, okay, I'll just get the girls. Happy meals, so they'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> just justification. Okay, I am of serious. Your sin. I'm. I'm not so. Conv- I'm not. Okay, hear me out because I know that's not like a, a popular thing to say. We took them to McDonald's. Took way too long to get the food. Whatever. I, I get the food. I put it in front of them. You know how much packaging comes comes with that stuff. I got the salad right, which comes in like this, like space plastic wrap thing, <laughs> and then. The you got the Happy Meal box, you got all the packaging, you got the toy, which is basically something you just look at for two minutes and throw it straight in the garbage because it's pointless, and all this other stuff. They loved it because they're kids; they don't think about this. But I'm like, this is a stewardship nightmare, <laughs> and I'm like, do I make decisions on where I take my kids? Not just on the price of the food or the the food itself, which that's the thing to consider, mm-hmm. but also like the overall stewardship of the experience. Mm-hmm. Conversely, on the next day, we came back. <laughs> Through Aberdeen. And I was like, we're not going to McDonald's. I'm taking them to Wendy's. <laughs> and I told them, I, they've never been to Wendy's. And I was like, I was like, Della, we're going to Miss Wendy's restaurant. It's Wendy's restaurant. She makes really good food. And she's oh. like, who's Wendy? It's that girl with red hair. See her? <laughs> and so she's like, oh, I like, I like this. I like Wendy's restaurant. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but Wendy's is not play place. Just saying. No. And their packaging was way more minimalistic, yes. not perfect. Their, their toy was something that you, you, 
it's not like just a plastic STEM thing. You put like yeah. it was cardboard and you like assembled this whole like robot thing. It was really cool. Yeah. I don't forget where I was going with that, but the sense of oh, like stewardship, stewardship with, with and our finances. Sorry and... for the side trail, the sidebar, but, uh, yeah, the stewarding that in, in, in the same sense, we don't steward our lives with the same, with the sense of God is actually has an opinion about this stuff. Mm. Right, what if you take pause and say, does God have an opinion about the, the lifestyle that we live and are committed to and financially mm-hmm. we're sustaining it. And therefore we're, it's influencing every word, every aspect of yeah. our work. And, well, and what does God, I mean, his, his word is authoritative. What does his word say about how we're communicating to each mm. other? What does his word say about, you know, intimacy and what does his word say about conflict with each yeah. other? Like it's all laid out there. It's just hard. It's hard to fight for. And I feel that like, I think that's what I was telling you last week is like, Ryan, I feel like, I everywhere that I go and everything that I'm doing, I am just I feel like a pioneer and I feel like I am alone in some ways and I'm just trying to fight this battle of like homeschooling, mm-hmm. you know, trying to like be healthy, trying to like make the right decisions about purchases and trying to like love you. I don't know. It just there's not a lot of people that do what we do and not to say that I'm bitter towards that, but to say that fighting the fight that God wants me to fight is not easy. It's not always easy. It's well, very hard. Yeah. And lately I've been like tempted to throw the talent on some way in some ways, but then I'm like, Oh, that's worse. Just happy you know? meals every day. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I hear you. And I do want to say that. Yes, you're it right. It was creating a lot of, I think bitterness in yeah. me. And that's where I'm trying to go. I think it's just, it was, it was creating some, some bitterness. And I, I don't say that to be like, okay, let's just deconstruct this whole like, conversation we're having. Well, I want to reinforce but, what you say, but I, th- I do think you're right in that being a pioneer in, in some in whatever area of life. I was relying on my own strength. That's, where I was that's what it is. Yeah. And as a, as a parent, I feel like you always feel like you're a pioneer, right? And I, I say that in the, true, in the truest sense of the form. Like you're on, you're in the frontier, you're cooking your food on Kids a campfire. Are a wild frontier. There's, <laughs> there's cabin, there's no heat. If, if you're lucky, you're like, You've got a beaver pelt on your head to keep you warm. (laughs) Like true pioneer stuff. The thing is, I think everybody listening to this has those aspects of their life where they feel like there's always something coming. And so it it does, it comes down to who is, like, do you trust yourself more than you trust the the sovereignty of God and have a reverence for him? And his ways. That's that's huge. (laughs) And I get bitter. I I was getting bitter because I think, I think and I know, and I'm still kind of phasing out of this and learning God is still sanctifying me, but I, I try to rely on my own strength, my own ability to schedule perfectly, my own ability to have create enough time and margin to do all the things that we talk about on this podcast of like, oh yeah, just have margin, just do make these decisions and have money and save the, it's uh, like, God, we're a mess over here, guys. I'm going to do a public service announcement. Like, just because we talk about it on the podcast doesn't mean we have it, it the, figured out. Those who can't say, or those who can't do say or something Those like who can't that. do teach. <laughs> We're, we're teaching, apparently. <laughs> no, we yeah. are co-traveling. I mean, God is... It's again, very easy to study on a topic and then talk like you know about it. <laughs> well, but God is sanctifying <laughs> me in thing. this because I can very easily just collapse under all that pressure and just... And I think I did have a moment of like, just, this sucks. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But knowing and learning and being reminded of who God is, even this Sunday of like knowing that he is a God like of wrath and that's... Mm a good aspect of him that is a it's just one of his character just he's a just as, god yeah yes and to hear that and to know that there's just this god's not and i know that he's not just this like fluttering 
you know, deity up in heaven, but to, I don't know, it felt more gritty and just physical and real to hear and just raw, not well, physical, cons- but raw. You feel the consistency. It, it, it resonates it with your human experience. Yes. As opposed yes. Because you're like, no, not everything is good. No. Like, you tell me God's good all the time, but not everything's good. So I believe in God. I would say most where's things the, are not where's good. Where's the disconnect? <laughs> Somebody that we know and love is sick and they're dying. Right. Where is God in that? Yeah. Right. And so not that he, he's doing that because he's <clears throat> of his wrath, he's but not, because yeah. there's this sense of the seriousness of sin and how yes. it's broken things and yes. how God is making all things new. Well, and, and, his, that, and Jesus came to drink of that cup of wrath so that we could have this choice of being with God, of, God. of loving him and being in eternal eternity with him. Yeah. And that's what Rob was talking about. So, that's good. So bitterness. Bitterness in marriage. <laughs> How can we uproot it? We've definitely been talking about it in relationships. And I think that the listeners can draw the lines as far as... Well, let's help them out. Okay. Let's say, okay, yeah. so what are some of these like uprooting bitterness? Okay, what How what is we? a spot where we could see bitterness... Creeping in. Creeping in. And how do we see it creeping right. in? So, okay, I'm going to... I don't want to always be the sex guy, but I'm going to go there. Okay. So like sex. Okay. So if, if a husband or a wife feels like they, they, it's time for, and they deserve and they want, and they desire sex, but it's nowhere to be found in their relationship. <laughs> or Sounds they, like you're looking for your slippers or something. That's like... Hey, have you seen the sex? I'm looking for a sex. Just the way you said it. <laughs> okay. I get your point. Okay. But they're looking, they, they want it. Yes. And they can't find it. Right. And they... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you just you got in my head, Frederick. <laughs> They're asking their spouse for it, and it's it's creating bitterness. Yes, or husbands. You know, I, many times I'll put out the vibe, and you're just you're not having. It. I miss it. You're missing the vibe. It's a loud vibe. <laughs> like, even if I'm, even that. if I have I'd no clothes that. on, it's like you don't even know I'm there. <laughs> Girls do not work the same way as boys. <laughs> not a visual. And when being. you're getting dressed, I'm like hubba hubba. Now's the time, baby. <laughs> You're like, I just want to get my clothes on. I just got out of the shower. Leave me alone. Uh, anyway, mixed signals, apparently. So there's that. There's that root of bitterness that I think for a lot of uh, husbands or wives, that can become, uh, it can truly become bitterness. Right? Yeah. It's like, I, don't, I do not feel loved by you, and therefore you are my enemy, and I'm bitter toward right. you. And that is not a covenantal view mm. of love. It's not a covenantal view of intimacy, intimacy yeah. of of loving each other through that and communicating in a loving, mature way. Right. It says, hey, by the way. It's been a little while since we've been intimate. I need to know like where you're at on that. And right. if you've not been thinking about it, allow me to bring it to the top of your mind. <laughs> um, Don't pressure me. <laughs> there's that. There's, uh, so that's a tangible one. I think where bitterness can grow for, um, we talked about the mother example where uh, mm-hmm. you feel like maybe unsupported or unloved in the, in An the outsider, in the hardness of being a, 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 a mom of a mom or a father of young kids. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. So it's, you know, in the society we live in, it's traditional, okay? It's mm-hmm. a traditional for the husband to be out of the house earning the income. And the wife is usually, if she's a homemaker, she's going to be the one at home doing the real work. Let's be honest. <laughs> but the attitude is like a husband gets home. And this 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 was popular in the 20s all the way through into the, you know, into the 80s and even now. But like, hey, when a husband gets home, just put your feet up and relax because you've had a hard day at work. And at me as the wife, I'm going to just make your life easier. I'm going to have a, a, hot, a hot, hot meal. Yeah. It's like, look at some of the ads from like the 50s and 60s, oh, yeah, for sure. not the 60s, because that's when it's changed. Yeah. But like the 40s and the 50s, yeah. unreal, yeah. the attitudes. Even uh, one of our, my favorite movie is Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And he gets home and he's singing the song. He's like, my how, how, my Sherry and Piper do at 602. Yeah. How uh, pleasant is the life I lead all while his children are like. They're lost in the park. 
<laughs> and his wife just getting home from a, a, a vote votes for women. Yeah, like, she's like yeah, the the suffragette or whatever. She's like, yeah, she she just is rubber stamping everything he says. Like, absolutely, dear, you're totally right. And he's like, yes, I am. And she's like in her off time fighting against <laughs> against like discrimination. Men, yes. Yeah. So that I mean that's that, but it's that humorous, same, but yeah, that attitude without kind of the gospel grace yes. in it, yes, creates bitterness. Yes, and you know what? I also think that. Um, loneliness, not just in our society, but in our marriage, um, can create a lot of bitterness because we feel all these expectations and like, oh, he owes me or he should be doing this. And it's all those, you know, one-sided conversations that you have in your head that are never a good idea to have when you're married, um, Mm -hmm. without, don't have conversations in your head without your spouse there. (laughs) Um, but we can, I've, I've, I'm speaking from experience. I can, you can just become very lonely and very isolated in your thinking and, and your being. And I feel like that starts to weigh on you physically and mentally and spiritually. And then it's becomes obvious, I think, at least to you, I know you can tell when like things are, I'm stewing, right. And the bitterness is (laughs) taking root and there's just, yeah, you can tell Uh, there's a lot of stewing going on. Um, because of, you know, whatever, brokenness, missed expectations, um, mm-hmm. a lack of communication. Um, so, yeah. A lack of feeling loved in, in a lot of ways. I mm-hmm. think another big one, and it's it's a bit ironic because a spouse, if you're, um, if you're a follower and your spouse is not, and you go to church and they don't, or you mm-hmm. read your Bible and they don't, mm-hmm. uh, that can create a, a real root of bitterness Absolutely. that says, like, you, you don't honor and love God right. the way I honor and love him. How you know? How can you make so little of my this important part of my life? Right. <clears throat> now, I think it's okay in some regards. I mean, you, you should feel some dissonance there, mm-hmm. but that's the, the root of bitterness is where I think we have a light view of God's sovereignty and His ability to change hearts. It's not our job to change hearts, mm-hmm. and so I think that's the theme that I'm seeing all throughout this. As we've read Piper stuff, we've read these scriptures, and we've talked, is that. A, bit, a root of bitterness really only take can only take place when you have a small view of God's yeah. bigness, right? You, and His you bigness, become, goodness, and sovereignty. Yeah, and you become too familiar, which yeah, I think leads to that smallness, right? You're right. Just, you're just minimizing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I got it. <laughs> and well, it's like, we, we uh, you don't really. You only have it because God gave it to you. <laughs> like yeah, we 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 just we're, we're forgetful. We yes. always say like if, yes. if we were with the Israelites in those forty years that we wouldn't have forgotten and turned from God like they did. But we I would can have forgotten you, in a week. We Our society fully, today yes. would have forgotten in like minutes because we are so quick. We are so fast yeah. to see, forget, see, forget. Yes. Even more so because of. The invention of social media. What's we're not going there right now because that's why in Habakkuk two two he says write it down so the revelation won't be soon forgotten. Mm, basically, yeah. like, so that the messenger can run with it, so that that message is not something that you're quickly losing. Right, mm-hmm. and that's why we write down big things in our lives that happen. I have this. I have an ongoing somewhere. I forgot where it is. I need to revive it. But there's <laughs> a thing that says like these are miracles that God has done. Mm-hmm. Do not forget these. Don't forget what God has done because. The, like this month has not been a great month. I'm just being transparent financially. And so I have to remember that God has, he's the God of that too. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and you know what? I'm getting quicker to remember. And that's by his grace that sanctification is finally taking root. Yeah. And so that root of bitterness toward God or toward, toward our circumstance is not actually right. taking root. Right. And there was one thing I wanted to mention, um, going back to that John Piper article real quick is... <clears throat> Um, he really just kind of unpacks the aim of, of Hebrews, was it twelve fifteen the verse that we were talking about, mm. um, and how it's it's really just to cure, twelve fifteen. yep, 
to cure Christians of presumption and to mm. really cultivate like real perseverance in faith and holiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at least four times he says it warns that we, we cannot, we must not l- neglect our great salvation, but be vigilant to fight uh, the fight of faith every day, lest we become hardened and fall mm. away and prove that we had no share in Christ. And he lists a bunch of verses there um, that he's speaking out of. And I think that speaks, I mean, our first and biggest priority or most valuable like human relationship is our marriage. And so where is one of the first places that we should be um, exercising vigilance and fighting the fight of faith, right? Wow, that's good. That's really You're good. You're welcome. <laughs> no, so Man, good. I just feel like mic drops yeah. all day. Thank <laughs> well, you, Jesus. Just go ahead and pat yourself on the back there. <laughs> I said thank you, Jesus. Okay. It just feels like this release of some tension, like God's just been working on some in my heart, and it's it's good. Okay. So amen. So be it. Well, I forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. That's so good. Yeah, well, I think our tendency is, to, that, that's why worship in the beginning of your day is so important. Mm. And a daily quiet time is not just like, oh, nights. I'm a night owl, so I'll do it at night. Like, no, start... Give God the first fruits of your day, Mm -hmm. the first best, brightest moments of your day when you got that coffee in your hand, the sun is poking up over the hills, and your your mind is rested, your body's rested. Give those first moments to God. Mm. Offer worship up to Him. Uh, Matt Chandler says the thing that I love. He says, nobody stands next to the Grand Canyon and says, look how awesome I am. Is that what you're yeah. saying? I'm doing. I'm sorry, Lord. I probably should. No one stands next it to the Grand like Canyon just... and says, "Look at my glory. <laughs> Look at how glory." But but we do that <laughs> yes. in how we behave, Be and, and that's towards why each other. Yes, that's why I'm saying worship is so important because yes. it calibrates you. It says, yes. "Look who you are serving today." Yes. Look. So when you say, "God, you are good. You are great. You are huge. You created the stars. Like you, you, uh, you, you hunt the prey for young lions. Mm. You." Uh, all these different things that you see in Job, you do all that stuff. I don't. Mm. I couldn't affect matter if I tried, like right. in a in a meaningful way. <laughs> so good. Okay, so now I'm looking at the Grand Canyon. God, you are good, and mm. I see my little tiny problem, like hanging out my pocket. Mm. God, you you're good. I'm looking down this this massive creation of yours, and so it's it's calibrating ourselves on worshiping Him and His sovereignty and His goodness. I think that's the first step always mm-hmm. in uprooting bitterness. Even if you think oh, I need to uproot bitterness in my wife's heart, <laughs> let me just uproot that <laughs> bitterness for you. That bitterness. Let me just talk. Stay away from that. my roots. Because I'm if, better. If you, <laughs> if, <laughs> you were you were grumpy the other day, and I was like, mm, I like my coffee like I like my women. <laughs> bitter <laughs> you're like what are you trying to say <laughs> a few grumpy days lately people all right just leave yeah, me alone it's all right it was, there's grace as long as you're willing to laugh <laughs> i'm laughing now <laughs> but <laughs> but when you look at your spouse and you're like they they're getting bitter toward me and i so what's that what's what is the goodness of god going to elicit in you as a mm-hmm. spouse it's going to elicit patience humility saying hey i'm sorry for not loving you the way i should have for not being perfect (laughs) (laughs) sorry mr perfect i'm sorry for for not being patient as god works us out in you and by the way i love you no matter what this covenant that he's got us in is not going anywhere i'm not going anywhere and so that starts with worship Mm. right being vigilant in that like starting every day with it giving those first few moments of your day uh either whether it's two minutes or 20 minutes or two hours give those to god first start be vigilant in that and then 
we can move on from mm. there. So understanding God's definition of love and applying that to marriage, I think is the next step mm-hmm. in uprooting bitterness in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, get on board, and understand God's design for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And that it's not just for your, just not so you just can, for you. It's not all about you. <laughs> it's actually very little about us. Very little about us. It's all about God and <laughs> us being sanctified, I guess, would mm-hmm. probably be the biggest aspect of it. Yeah. And then I think pray for and remain yes. soft yes. in your heart. and uh, you know, you, Towards the Lord so, and yeah. towards each other. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, like like God was warning the Israelites mm. when he was renewing his covenant with the Moab, in Moab, mm. um, you know, don't live as though you're not... You don't belong to him, right? Embrace his ways. Be, he's warning us why, not to like mm. make us be the weirdos that don't worship the same gods as the world, but because we are are in covenant with and him set and apart. set apart yeah. for his purposes and his design, which are way more fulfilling than anything that those other gods could do, right? Mm. That's so, very good. So I just want to recap real fast. Okay. So we're talking about upbringing bitterness in our marriage. We talked about all that it stems from a, a proper view, a calibrated view of God's, basically his good, God's character, mm. all the things, his character, his wrath, his holiness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his, his love, all the things that make God, God, mm. we need to see those, see him for who he actually is. That's the beginning mm-hmm. from there. Be vigilant in that. Like, be vigilant in your faith, fight for your faith, mm-hmm. like actually do stuff that hurts once in a while, like fasting, getting up early, <laughs> like do things because it, it's, it's being vigilant. It's not how you earn your salvation, but it's how you work it out. Right. Right. You don't earn salvation, but you work it out. Right. Um, so that's the first one I'm recapping. So I don't want to say work everything all over again. <laughs> work it out. So be vigilant, understand God's definition of love, <clears throat> apply that to your marriage. That's the second one. Mm-hmm. The third, the third way to uproot is get on board with understanding his design for your marriage. The fourth one is remain soft to each other and soft to God. Pray for God to keep your heart soft, mm-hmm. to make it a heart of flesh and to as remove well your heart of stone. As well as your spouses. Yes. And then finally, we didn't say this one, but don't live as though you're not a I child of God. I just said this. No, you didn't. I, I don't think I you said it. I was comparing. Sorry, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just comparing. The, they So we're, it says don't live uh, in our notes, don't live as though you aren't a child of God. So that's what the Israelites were essentially doing. And what God was trying to renew with them was reminding them that I am your God. And you are my people. And yeah. You are my people. No. And he's saying, embrace my ways. I'm warning you, do not, do not worship as these other nations and tribes have worshiped mm. the other gods. It's good. So sorry about that. That was in my head. I should have yeah. communicated that more clearly, but so, good recap, babe. As a couple, <clears throat> have this conversation. So take this home to your husband or to your wife and ask yourselves this question. What's an area of your hearts where you see hard ground? Mm. Is there a consistent point of tension around something in your marriage, whether that's finances, intimacy, hobbies, uh, your kids, mm. um, some some aspect of your life and your marriage that you can't seem to uproot? Think about that and pray about it. Name it. Mm-hmm. Pray about it. Pray for God to soften soften your view of that situation in light of who he is. Right. And be vigilant in seeking his word and how to resolve mm. on how to resolve it. And of course, and always repent to each other and yeah. God, especially um, of those things and know that you're loved in it and that yeah. God is in his goodness, right? Bringing those, yeah. those roots up so that we can be softer ground That's and good. more receptive to him. So I want to take a moment actually and draw attention to a resource that we have. It's okay. these two devotionals. It's 40 prayers for my wife and mm-hmm. 40 prayers for my husband. And the reason I want, the reason they ring a bell here is because nothing calibrates us to the sovereignty and the goodness of God better than praying. Mm. 
Mm. better than consistently submitting ourselves to the vehicle of prayer and the attitude of prayer um, and praying through scripture. So someone said, you know, if you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. (laughs) If you want to hear God speak audibly, read your Bible out loud. (laughs) And so these prayers, so these book and the prayers in these books are responses to what God has said in his word. And that's what a conversation is. That's Mm -hmm. what prayer should be. It should be a conversation, a response to what God has already revealed to us Mm -hmm. in his word. So these 40, 40 prayers for my husband, 40 prayers for my wife are written specifically to in response to God's word over topics that are relevant to, to your, to a marriage. Mm. Right. So you're praying for my like purity of thought, purity of heart. I'm praying for your like relationships. I'm praying for all these in this 40 days. So anyway, if that rings a bell and you think it'll help you, and I do think it will, this, this has changed our whole dynamic and is, I want to say the URL before you get into it, go to 40 prayers.com. That's 40 prayers.com. Four zero prayers.com and you can get those books. I think that's like 20 bucks for two total for two books. You'll get the pack mm-hmm. and we'll have that out to you within, within a business day. We'll have it shipped over to you. Um, and not, not to sell it anymore, but I really do like the format. We were intentional about leaving space to be able yeah. to write and process. And we also have rest and reflective days. Uh, I think it's on the seventh day uh, of each week or whatever, and just resting and reflecting on the prayers that you've said and the maybe the changes you've seen mm. either in your spouse yeah. or in your own heart um, or what you've learned, what God's been teaching yeah. you about his character and his nature through these prayers. So yeah. I just, I really, it was super intentional and like, I want to go through them again. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's really, um, you actually brought something to my mind is that there, in the beginning, you take kind of an inventory of yeah. where is your marriage in these different areas and you rate it on a scale of one to 10. Right. You wrote out this in, yep, in like this five different scale. areas. Yep. And then you do the prayers. And then after that, in 40 days, you come back and now you look, do a re-inventory of that mm-hmm. same, of those same metrics. How has God moved? It's not how have you improved, but how has God moved? So good. <laughs> and oh, how... <laughs> man. Oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, we Here hope that is. blesses you. Go to 40prayers.com and you can get a, a set of those. They're on sale for 20 bucks, actually less than that for the pair. go, babe. All righty. So I think that's, uh, I think this episode's in the, uh, in the what? Already? That was fast. Well, I was going to, well, we're, we're running out of time. So I, well, I know we're going to pray. Yeah. What? You're just going to put it in the can before it's... <laughs> Is it not in we the haven't can? Done, we haven't prayed okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> Stay in order. Be vigilant you. about your order. You. You're just you're my salty and sweet bride. God is a God of order. Um, you should be one of order All right. Well, well, you know what? I had a lapse of, of judgment. All right? Don't judge me. <laughs> okay, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, just your character and how... Um, patient you are for us to come around to actually mm-hmm. seeing that on a daily basis and in our lives as you sanctify our hearts and and make us more like you Jesus that we eventually come around to seeing you for who you really are and mm-hmm. getting the picture and just forgive our ignorance thank you for our being patient while we're in it and i pray that you'd help us grow out of it and i pray that for the marriages the husbands and the wives listening to this that you would help them grow as well if there's a root of bitterness or a seed of bitterness mm-hmm. taking taking root in their life. God, I pray that you would make them aware of that, give them discernment and diligence in dealing with it in a fast, effective way uh, that is honoring and glorifying to you, uh, all for your eventual and ultimate glory and also for our good, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, okay. All right, this episode is? In the can. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. This is Ryan, joining you with my ex-girlfriend, Selena. (laughs) That means I'm his wife, people. If you don't. Yeah, I told the guys on, in the Fierce Husbands group that I'd get that in there. <laughs>
<laughs> so if you're still listening, there's that Easter egg for you. Anyway, we will see you in about seven days. And until then, stay, stay fierce. <laughs> I was trying to do it with you. Thanks. I was trying to have some unity there. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs>